Technology.ie. It's Monday, February 1st, 2016. Technology.ie is brought to you by Ireland's premier hosting and domain registration company, Black Knight. Black Knight offer a comprehensive range of hosting and domain solutions for businesses of all shapes and sizes, no matter where they are in the world. Hi, this is Conan Winnicon. I work for Black Knight and this is the first podcast of the year. Uh, with Black Knight CEO Michaela Nealon, we recorded it last Friday evening in his office at Black Knight headquarters in Carlow. And I started by asking Michaela uh, about where he'd been over the last few weeks. I was over in Vegas. I went over there for three things. One to have a couple of days just to do my own thing. I met up with a couple of friends. Uh, then I was at the at CES, Consumer Electronics Show, which is beyond massive, uh, gigantic, huge. I'm not even too sure what words one can use to describe how incredibly big it is. Um, and then straight after that was NamesCon, which I was at last year as well, um, which is the... I suppose it's the, the main commercial domain name industry event these days. Um, there used to be Domain Fest, there used to be a bunch of other events on around throughout the year uh, that kind of combined um, both aftermarket and primary market actors. So you've got, you know, registries, registrars. And it's it's an interesting one because it brings together the aftermarket people, it brings together registries, it brings together registrars, it brings, it brings together, you know, domain investors. And you also get a few people turning up there who might have a slightly more policy focus. Uh, this time it was up against uh, one of the affiliate summits. So there were a fair few of those, of those people in town as well. And they had over 1,200 attendees, which for something as niche as that is is pretty damn good. Now, obviously... You put that up against CES and, you know, you'd say mention that to a taxi driver, well, actually a Halo driver in Vegas and, uh, not Halo, what am I saying, Uber, an Uber driver in Vegas and they'll just laugh at you because 1,200 attendees is nothing. I mean, Vegas is a city which has, you know, hotels with 4,000, 5,000 plus rooms, mm-hmm. so 1,200 is, is, isn't even a drop in the ocean. Um, CES had... 200,000 attendees or something. I mean, you know, it's a totally different scale. Yeah, yeah. You went to Turkey then? I went to Turkey almost immediately after that. Yeah, I came back. Sorry, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. Yeah, I came back from Vegas, was back in Ireland about 48 hours, and then I headed off to Istanbul for the Turkey DNS Forum, uh, which was organised in part by ICANN. And it's an interesting enough event. So it it runs over two days. The first day... Um, was a, most of the speakers were, were talking in Turkish. Uh, luckily, there were simultaneous interpreters there, so otherwise I wouldn't have had a clue what was going on. And, you know, talking about, you know, the um, internet industry um, in Turkey, things like, you know, broadband penetration, um, you know, how much, what percentage of the content is actually hosted in Turkey. Uh, you'd representatives there from the local government, uh, some of the hosting providers, um, and a couple of the domain name registrars from the region as well. So, you know, it's interesting enough. And also, of course, you know, talking about new TLDs. And, yeah. and as usual, I ended up on a panel talking about um, new TLDs and how popular they are or aren't, depending on which way you want to look at it. Uh, second day, I wasn't uh, there because it was all in Turkish. It was essentially a, a bunch of workshops being run for on specific topics, and there wouldn't have been any um, language services available. And since I don't speak Turkish, that wouldn't have been particularly useful for me. 
Fair enough. Um, talking of events coming up, we're going to talk about the Black Knight SME Awards uh, getting closer and closer uh, to the closing date for entries for that. We'll talk about that in a while, but let's talk about some of the news first, Michele. And uh, fishing, I've seen you post three separate posts in the last uh, week in relation to fishing. What's going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, fishing is something that's it's nothing new. I mean, we've we've seen fishing attacks of various uh, types going on for the last, I don't know how many years. Um, a lot of the time, um, as an Irish user, you get uh, phishing emails that are targeting US users. So they're kind of pointless. You know, they're, you know, it's Bank of America. It could be some other US entity. Um, so as an Irish user, you get it and, you know, just delete it. You ignore it because it's not it's not something that's relevant to you. However, this week was a little bit different. I mean, sure, we've had our targets um, targets in Ireland in the past, but having three in the space of a week is a bit is a little bit different. And very Irish, specifically very, Irish tar- very targets. Irish, as very Irish. Um, so you had Irish Water, mm-hmm. um, Electric Ireland, and Just Eat. All three targeted in the space of like four days. And the the, the modus operandi that the of the fish is it's the usual type of thing where you're. You're sending an email that looks very similar to something that you could receive from a particular company, um, and you're encouraging the the user to to click on a link and go through to somewhere. And now, some of the times, what they're looking for is to capture the person's login details. But in the case of, say, Irish Water or Electric Ireland, you know, having the ability to log into somebody's Irish Water account is, isn't going to be much use to anybody. Uh, same with Electric Ireland. What are you going to do? Um, I mean, I honestly don't know. You can't even cancel the person's uh, account online. So, they, so it's, not, it's not going to be of any particular use. But what they did was they used that, they kind of used a hook, the idea that, um, you know, you can get a refund, you can get a rebate. But the only way you can get the rebate is if you pr- give us your credit card details so we can give you a rebate directly back to your credit card. So, yeah, they, what they're actually after was credit card details and in the case of of one of them they were also looking for for your bank details they and you know quite clever using a bit of clever social engineering to try and get you to you know fill out a a survey a customer satisfaction survey which included such wonderfully relevant questions such as your mother's maiden name i mean hello um, probably in security their, information. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. this you know, if you're doing, if you if you've ever wrong wrong a bank or mm. anywhere else, there's a certain number of questions that they're likely to ask you, uh, and you know, common ones are things like mother's maiden name, um, the first school you yeah. went to, the name of your pet. I do, there's a bunch of different ones, but date of birth. Yeah. Date, well, date of yeah. birth is an obvious, a bit of a no-brainer. Mm. Um, and it, you know, which, it, it, which is easily harvested now from social networks, from Skype and Facebook and things like that. As oh, well. totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, anybody, it's, it's one of these things. It's a bit of a catch-22. I mean, for, for certain services, in order to be able to use them, you need to hand over some of this personal information. Um, now, if you provide false information, then the service provider is entitled to cancel the service. Mm. If you provide valid information and they kind of let that information leak out a bit... Mm. Then you know you're op- it's it's one of the vectors of attack. I mean, if, if it's something I it's something I get annoyed about in particular with uh, with Facebook and and Skype and that as well. You know, I I I, uh, I do get annoyed about the fact that uh, people are sharing birthdays around like like nobody's well, business. Well, well, you can change your settings. Yeah. I mean, you can change settings yeah. around so that so that for example, you know, somebody will know your birthday is on this particular day, 
but unless they're a close friend, they mm. won't know which year. Mm. That kind of thing. Mm. Um, I mean, there's, there's certain things you can do, yeah. but at the same time, it's, it's, it is a bit of an interesting challenge. Interestingly, actually, I think I saw you tweet uh, in the last two weeks, Michele, about a related thing, which is banks phoning you up oh, yes. with caller ID blocked. Yes. And uh, they start asking you to verify your identity oh, yes. when they're the ones who, uh, who have called you. And, I mean... It's, it should be the other way around. You should be asking them to verify their Well, this, this is one of these, these ongoing issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, it happens with the banks. It happens with credit card providers mm-hmm. who may or may not be linked to banks. They, so their excuse is, well, we, do, we, ring, we ring from a number um, that could be completely random, blah, blah, blah. That number can't accept inbound phone calls, what have you. Which would be fine and dandy except for a very simple um, fact that you can cont- if you control your phone system, you can set what the what the outbound number mm. looks like. Mm. Um, anyway, it, it, it's it's a stupid thing. It is. I mean, I say to them, I I just say to them, I'll call you back. Well, same here. Yeah. That's what I've taken to doing. I I do two things. One, I lodge a complaint with them, mm. and saying that they shouldn't be doing this because they're they're the same ones who will be putting up notices on their website saying. You know, be careful of people calling you for this, and be careful of people mm. calling you for that. And then they go, and, and then they go and yeah. do it. It's it's silly and it's crazy. Yesterday, uh, coincidentally enough, Michele, was International Data Protection Day or Data Privacy Day, depending on which country you're in. Um, Digital Rights Ireland here in Ireland uh, launched uh, a campaign yesterday uh, announcing that they'd instructed their lawyers to challenge uh, the Irish government in court uh, in relation to the independence of the Data Protection uh, Commissioner. Um, an interesting, uh, I think, announcement, I think, yesterday. What was your take on it? Well, I think it's, you know, the timing around that was, was you know, obvious. I mean, it, it's, if you want to... If you want to do something, the only way, the, part of the impact of doing it isn't so much the doing it, it's the reporting on it. Mm. Um, so that, you know, choosing that, that yesterday to, do, to, to officially launch that campaign means that, you know, the media was already, you know, looking for stories to mm. do with data protection, data privacy and all that. So the timing was pretty good. I mean, the angle on it, I'm not, I don't know, I, I, I think, you know, that, that Digital Rights Ireland, they've been doing a very good job in in fighting some of these mm. things, and I think it's important. Like from us as a for us though as a company, I'm more concerned about other things at the moment, such as the the lack of safe harbour, which is going to have a, yeah. an interesting impact on us. Um, so for me, while I can look at that and kind of go intellectually, oh yeah, that's fantastic that they're doing mm. that. On a more practical level, I'm I'm watching to see you know will the EU and the US reach an agreement in the next couple of days? Because if they don't. That's going to cause a lot of pain for us. For Black Knight? Oh, yeah. In what way? Well, the the issue is that um, in common with a lot of other companies, we, we, had, we've, we have been exchanging personal information outside the US. Uh, sorry, outside the EU to the US. Uh, the primary one for us being um, domain name registration data, which we escrow um, to Iron Mountain. Now, Iron Mountain... If you look them up, they're one of these companies that you know does a lot of data storage, both physical and digital, and they're the data scroll provider that ICANN will pay for. Unfortunately, they don't have facilities for this within the European Union, so we we've all been relying on the safe harbour in order to to do that. With no safe harbour in place, they've they've given us all a a kind of a di- slightly different agreement. But the legality of that is questionable at best. 
So a lot of the European registrars have and, and registries have been, you know, putting a little bit of pressure on ICANN to see if they could come up with something. And so far, all they came up with was this. I mean, this alternative agreement, which mm. isn't ideal by by any stretch. But I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, from like for us as a company, we've you know, we, there's a lot of vendors that we deal with that wouldn't be European companies. Now we've always asked them uh, if there's any data involved. Uh, to find out, you know, do they have um, the option for us to to use, to have our data or the data related to us stored within the European Union or, at worst, Switzerland? Yeah. And, you know, that's what we've done in many cases. I mean, the services that we've launched over the last year or so and the services we have in the pipeline where we have those assurances that that data will remain within the, within Europe. Um, but, you know, in light of a lot of the stuff that's been going on, like the Microsoft case and other things, yeah. It is a matter of concern. Something that hit personally to you, this was a story uh, which we covered uh, just after Christmas. Netflix had uh, had two announcements, actually. They had one at CES, which was uh, that they were going global to now, is it 160, 180 countries? Well, they've gone to most countries yeah. at this stage. There's a, yeah. there's a few that they, they aren't in, uh, China being the biggest one. Um, and But, you know, they want to get into China. They aren't there yet. So a, a week later then, though, Michele, they announced that uh, the proxies and, and VPNs and uh, various ways that people have to get around the uh, ge- geographic restrictions on uh, on content, uh, which, which Net- Netscape has licenses for, uh, they announced they're going to clamp down on that. And you can report to us that they actually have clamped down. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, so this, okay, just to give a bit of backstory to that, yeah. I mean, the... The way that Netflix works uh, is is kind of interesting. I mean, I if you if you have a look at the announcement they made, they said you know Netflix is now available in a hundred and whatever number of countries. That's true, but not it's not entirely true because the experience that you'll get in terms of what content you can access, right. and not just what content, but the the overall quantity of content, like how big the catalog is, varies massively. Yeah. Like in some cases, you're talking about having a catalog with only a couple of hundred titles, whereas you know the if you look at the U.S. catalog, which is the largest, where you know it's into the thousands, um, and you know the, the, this thing around the proxies and the VPNs, they'd made noises about this going back about a year or so ago, but at the time, I don't know. I think it was them just kind of you know trying to appease the content providers. Yeah. yeah. This time round, however, I can. Personally, personally, say yes, <laughs> yes. So, they for, are for research their... purposes, Michele, you were you were trying this out, obviously. Well, it's uh, a grey area. It's yeah. a grey area. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, this it's not like it's not as if I'm not paying for Netflix. Exactly. I am. Yeah. Um, I just was using a service in order to access mm. other parts of the catalogue. Yes. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But you no, know, they they have so they have started clamping down now. It's interesting because it's a game of cat and mouse. Because what's happening is that while Netflix are, you know, blocking certain things, then the VPN proxy guys are, you know, finding workarounds or trying to find workarounds. And there's been, you know, quite a bit of coverage in the tech press over the last couple of weeks with, um, you know, both sides talking about, you know, what they're doing, what they're not doing and all this kind of thing. Um, For now... Unfortunately, I have lost access to the to certain TV programs, which is rather annoying. But here's the thing: I mean, by by restricting access to the TV programs, does that mean I won't get to watch them, 
Or does that mean I'm going to find an alternative method of accessing that content? Mm. And that's and that's the thing. I mean, this is one of the bigger questions is, you know, is, you know, does, is it time for some of these, these content providers to start um, loosening the reins on the, on these geo restrictions? I mean, for them to realize that realistically speaking, it's better that they're getting some revenue mm. or that they're getting revenue rather than not getting anything at all. It's 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 archaic, really. It's it's an anachronism, I think, Michaela. This uh, geographical restrictions, uh, you know, selling selling the same license in different regions over and over again. It it's it's we live in a global internet world. It doesn't make any sense nowadays. Well, this this is the thing. I mean, if you look back, say, back to the introduction of DVD. Mm. So the intro, you know, DVD was introduced, and of course, they then introduced like the different regions yeah. for the DVDs. Mm. Blu-ray came along. Same thing. Now, at that stage, we'd already worked out how to circumvent the, the the region restrictions on DVD, but circumventing the region restrictions on Blu-ray was a bit of a barrier. Now, it wasn't impossible, but it was a barrier. But, you know, for somebody like me, I mean, I ended up, I, I still have, uh, I have multiple Blu-ray players at home. I have an American one which is coded to the US, and I have another one that's coded to, to Europe. And I have discs from both regions. But, but it goes back really to the days of, of terrestrial television where you could sell the rights for different regions, for different oh, yes, areas course, and things like that. Those days are gone. I mean, people don't watch terrestrial television no. anymore or satellite television. Increasingly, we want to get our content online and that's the way we want to do it. And I think if you're to ask Netflix, and they've, they've said as much in, in some ways, for example, they don't care about people sharing passwords, for example, they've said that. Um, and, uh, and other things similar as well. Definitely, they don't care uh, personally, well, but I think it's a case of. I mean, I think I mean the thing the that thing, they have to be seen to. They have to be seen to care, but the other. Care for but the there's a, the there's a bigger books. issue which Netflix is going to be struggling with, and they, it hasn't. It hasn't caused massive headaches for them yet, but it's going to start causing problems for them, which I think part where this global expansion comes into play. You know, the Netflix isn't making money. I mean that's one of the problems. I mean it's it's spending a lot of money, um, and it, it, and its spend has been very clever t- so far. They've done very well in terms of uh, picking up a ton of awards, um, original content and on the original yeah. content, and you know even I was I was looking there over the last few days, um, you know this this TV series that they, that they're producing that they're they're managing to sell sell rights for um, across other other platforms so. You know, a Netflix original series is also appearing on iTunes. Um, now, I'd, I've no idea what cut they get of that, but you know, on iTunes, you might be paying two dollars ninety nine to three dollars. Some well, maybe I suppose one ninety nine, two dollars ninety nine, that kind of way for a single for an individual episode of a TV show. Um, whereas you might only be paying eight dollars or whatever it is a month. For Netflix, but of course they have introduced, they have increased their prices. Mm. They're changing how they're they're doing certain things there. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they're they're very very big. They're very very yeah. big, and they're not getting any smaller. It's a high stakes game. Uh, talking about streaming, uh, there was a, an interesting story from the point of view of uh, Ireland and Irish uh, companies. Spotify uh, bought Soundwave, which. Uh, 
just two years ago, Michele, uh, Soundwave and Soundwave and Trust Ev, I remember at the uh, Net Visionary Awards, they were they both were joint winners of the Ones to Watch uh, Award. Uh, Trust Ev had its exit in in December, and a month later, uh, Soundwave was bought for an undisclosed sum by Spotify. But it's a good deal for um, looks on the face of it anyway, like a good deal for an Irish startup. Well, look, these these kind of stories are, are always good. I mean, this is a positive story. You know, I, I've no idea how much how much money was involved there, but I mean, we've had a couple of of those stories, and that's 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 positive because, you know, then you got the other ones where you know, the founders couldn't do it here; mm. they couldn't do it in Ireland because they were you know running into issues with you know trying to get backing, trying to trying to actually just deal with all the the all the red tape over here around certain certain aspects of trying to run a run a business. I mean you look now at Stripe for example. Stripe should be an Irish success story. I it's not. So, yeah. But it's yeah. not. It's 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 actually more of a US success story. And sure we'll claim it as one of ours because the founders are Irish and all that. But realistically it's actually a failure of of the Irish system. It's a failure of Enterprise Ireland. Speaking of Irish startups, what about the one that just won't die in spite of the fact that it flies in the face of the laws of physics and everything like that? I had to mention this, Michele. Do you remember Steorn, S-T-E-O-R-N? No. You don't. I put a link into it there. Don't bother reading it now. Do you remember the company who promised about almost 10 years ago that they were going to uh, produce unlimited free energy in defiance of the law of oh. conservation of energy and the I first law of thermodynamics? And the so, 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 Do you so, remember these guys? No, but seriously, we all thought they were gone away. Are we they all, back? No, they're, not only are they back, but they have been apparently working away. Uh, they, they got, if you remember, an international panel of scientists was recruited to verify their claims. The panel came back after a couple of years and said, this is rubbish this is absolute nonsense they did two or three attempts to make a, a demo of it and, and fail for various reasons and so now they decided instead of just packing up and going home like any good Irish lads would do uh, they've decided to stick with it and they've spent apparently the last uh, eight years uh, working on developing or six years or whatever working on developing a consumer product uh, which you missed this you didn't you, this was I in the news I last week be, yeah you probably raised an eyebrow or two and, and said I'm not even going to bother reading this reading this so check it out it's on technology.ie uh, they've produced something called the, the Orbo I think or the Orbo Cube the O Cube is what it is right. it's a it's a phone charger. Okay. It's an unlimited phone charger. What's you, an you can phone charger you can get three full charges per day. What it is is a generator. It generates power apparently for free energy for free apparently. It's uh, on. Um, you can charge three phones a day from it, and the battery will never die. This is what it says. Because whatever voodoo, whatever little Sounds magic like is inside no, it, they no, say no, no, it's no. gonna it's gonna work forever. Um, I mean, look, I'll, look, I'll, look, I'll no, cut, you have to. I'll cut across you here, right? <laughs> yeah, because like for me. That just sounds like total and utter rubbish. Well, it sounds like magic. It sounds it, like it sounds nonsense. Yeah. It sounds silly. That's, yeah. that's, why, why give them free publicity? What I think is much cooler right. is something like, say, the Obio. Okay. So the Obio, which is an, another Irish product, mm-hmm. an Obio is for organic waste. Very, very, very simple. All, the, all it is really is um, nicely constructed... Um, bags for collecting your organic waste and what they do is they they the model the model they have is pretty simple you can either buy a, bu- a bunch of them mm. um like buy a batch they work out at about 70 or 80 cents a pop if you do it that way um or you can subscribe and they'll send you a certain number every month or every two months or whatever 
But what's what's cool about these things is that they do away with the smelly compost bin in the corner of the kitchen. Because, okay, I live in an area where, which has got the green, mm. sorry, the brown bins that are collected. Mm. So I'd got myself one of those little compost things and I had the, the green bags that go into it that, you know, biodegrade. But the problem is the bin itself, it's, it's constantly, it's one of these things like if you don't wash it and scrub it and disinfect it every week or so, you're basically, yeah. you've got this disgusting thing. It's kind yucky. of in, it's, it's It yucky. is yucky, yeah. Whereas these guys, what they have for like 75 cents or thereabouts, you have a nice, a nice little bag. Mm. It's, got, it's kind of, it's kind of a card, card type. It's heavy paper mm. card type thing. Sits, so it sits it on the full ca- compost. Oh yeah, along with the yeah. waste. And it's, yeah, it's very neat. I mean, yeah. there's a there's a photograph of it there. Right. Um, and you just you know you pop the waste into it. The average, but the bag they say, depending on what you're doing, you're meant to it meant to last like two or three days for an average family. Um, in my case, that could it's probably about that, I suppose, two or three days, cool. depending on what I'm cooking, because it it'll take the, all your organic stuff, yes. so the peels, the the chop it, the, the ends of this and what have mm. you, um, leftovers, chuck it all in there. Um, they don't leak. I've tested this. I have been testing this now for the last couple of weeks. They don't leak um, unless you pour, you know lots and lots of liquid into it mm. it's neat it closes up easily and then you just chuck it into your brown bin and it's clean and there's no mess and you know also you don't have to fiddle about trying to tie a knot in in that kind of you know the biodegradable bag which no matter how you hold the damn thing it just seems to be going away from you so that's kind of cool that's impressive we'll put a link that's cool yeah. and that works and that works <laughs> okay we'll put a link in technology to I like things that work yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Also, we blogged today uh, two silly things that I loved. Well, not so silly. People leaving things behind in taxis, which I did at Web Summit last year, Michaela. But, but, but people and do this all the time. Like yeah. I did it. I did it in in LA uh, about a year or so yeah. ago. And by the time I'd realised I'd done it, it was too late. Gone. Mm. Not a hope in hell of ever getting it back. And it wasn't a Halo or an Uber or anything like that. No. that you, yeah, you no, see. So but when it is, and this is a, a post we got from uh, Halo today, when it is, you have the contact details exactly. for the driver. You can get your stuff well, back. Well, this is the thing, like Halo or Uber mm. or Lyft, if Lyft actually wanted my business, which they don't, um, they all track mm. both the riders and the drivers. So they'll know. I mean, you know, who, who, which car were you in at, at 10 p.m.? They'll have the information. There it is, yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, also, did you see uh, what I blogged this morning? The uh, the junction at Rosslare Harbour. Did you see that? That's good. That went viral That's over the last couple of days. Yeah. I mean, oh, for God's sake! It's something else. Though. Did you see the guy getting out to take a pee? I well, no. we don't talk about that now, Carl. Oh, I beg your pardon. I well, pardon. I mean, you know, look, some of the some of the stuff that goes viral is absolutely hilarious. I mean, the one I I posted up one there this morning as well, which was um, this guy. He's taken to dubbing um, Trump. So he did. Oh, he, did right, yeah. he did a he did a dub of Trump there a couple of months ago, where it converted uh, it converted him Trump into a very well um, well spoken English lad, sophisticated Trump, sophisticated Trump, right. um, who could you know enunciate his vowels and all that yeah. kind of thing. Uh, today's version is hardcore Cockney Trump, <laughs> which which is actually quite menacing. I mean, it's 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 very it's amusing, but at the same time, it's it's actually quite worrying I mean tr- Trump is Trump is a master of the media I mean there's, you have you're to just back from the states Michele I mean what's the what's the vibe or what's the what's the feeling from ordinary Americans or uh, <laughs> well okay admittedly I do have a few 
acquaintances. I won't mm. call them friends because, sorry, if you if they're if they're if they're publicly <coughs> supporting Trump, I would have to wor- worry about whether they should be my friends. Yeah. But I think you know, up until quite recently, a lot of them have been watching this entire thing, and they're kind of going, "Well, it's a bit of a sideshow." They're bemused by it, amused at times, uh, disgusted at others. Mm. I mean, I was over in the states. Um, before Christmas, and this was around the time when Trump was talking about putting up walls against Muslims yeah. and doing all these religious checks and everything else, and I and any of my the American fr- friends I was with at the time were just going, "This is ridiculous. This mm-hmm. is un-American. This is not something that would be allowed. It's unconstitutional, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Now I don't know. It's I still think that people are just kind of watching this, just thinking this has got to end. Mm. But now we're getting in towards the primaries. Or whatever the hell they are, I get so yeah. confused about the America the way the Americans run their elections. You know, the likelihood of the of the Republicans fielding another candidate is looking less and less likely. So you could end up in a very interesting situation where you're going to have Trump on the Republican side versus, I assume, Hillary. Mm. But could be Bernie Sanders. And is there a sense, or, or have people gone as far as, as speculating, if Trump does get the Republican nomination, uh, does that guarantee a Democratic victory? Or it's I hard think, to it's I hard think, to imagine Trump uh, actually being elected president. It's hard to imagine Trump doing anything, and it's hard to imagine that somebody with that amount of wealth not having um, invested in a decent toupee. But you know that, that that's another that's another conversation entirely. I think that you posted was it you or someone else that posted uh, the the sign that somebody had to put up. If Trump is elected, there'll be hell to pay. Yeah, that was me. That was me. <laughs> and you know that Trump is bizarre. Is uh, is a bizarre character. Um, I I just find the entire thing bemusing. I mean, then again, this is Ireland. We welcomed him with open arms. We put out the red we carpet. We put out a minister to meet him, so we did. Exactly. That's a fact. Silly stuff for a Friday evening, Michele. Silly stuff for a Friday yeah. evening, exactly. Um, before we go, uh, let's talk about the Black Knight SME Awards. Uh, nominations are still open. In fact, it's been extended to Valentine's Day. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the entire thing around around the SME Awards is, you know, the hashtag, hashtag yeah. love SMEs. So that made sense. And, it, you know, the thing as well is, you know, trying to we want to get as many entries as possible. Uh, there's a new website in the works as well. There's a few other things happening, and um, you're also seeing the boards.ie is on board. It's free to enter. If you're a small business, enter. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Mm-hmm.